I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. And good evening and welcome to another version or another episode of Richard and Gary's Incredible Stories. Uh, Gary, we have a very, very interesting guest with us this evening. That we do. You want to go ahead and introduce our incredible guest? Yes, indeedy. Um, now, his real name, maybe we better not say his real name. He can say his real name if he wants. But we know him from the entertainment world as Professor Slim King. That's right. Professor Slim King. And wow, that sounds interesting. Um, we know that he's done some things in the past that are in the world of mentalism, but who knows what else he's done? Let's well, go ahead. Let's, let's ask and him. And ask him. Professor, welcome to the show. Hey, it's an honor to be on your show, Gary and Richard. And we wonder if you could uh, just go ahead and fill us in on some of the things you do to bring joy into people's hearts and entertain them and make their day. Well, I'm uh, currently with the uh, Leesburg Blues Brothers tribute. And we uh, tour around, mostly here in Florida, sometimes out of the state. And we do uh, private shows, a uh, tribute to the Blues Brothers. So I'm uh, Jake Blues. Uh, awesome. impersonator in that show uh, that is awesome yeah yeah and yeah, so i've had plenty i've had plenty of experience i uh, was at universal studios for 17 years i was at the house of blues here uh in orlando for 20 years so uh i pretty much know the song <laughs> i bet you do i bet you do are you an expert in the uh blues music um the the history uh no, I'm pretty good at blues history. I've seen a lot. I'd say more than the average person. But my wife really is way more into blues than I was when I started. It's just that I look like Belushi, and that was the most popular thing he's ever done. That, that and is true. so I got into it. So I was drawn into it that way. Uh, and my wife has a lot more blues albums and CDs than I do. Mm -hmm. Now, question. Uh, how do you become a Jim Belushi impersonator did yeah. did you look at yourself in the mirror and say i kind of bear a resemblance to this celebrity or did somebody come up to you and say hey, you know you kind of remind me of uh jim belushi from the blues brothers no, it's john belushi. Uh, john belushi john belushi sorry yeah john belushi yeah. yeah uh well yes uh i was in a band called the pedestrians uh and uh, we were playing around and they, they were having a, a lip sync contest at a local bar and the guy says hey uh my my guitar player says hey listen you dress up like Jake and I'll be Elwood and we'll go win that $500. And I, I was going, what, Jake, what, what do you mean? He goes, you know, John Belushi, you know? And so I go, he goes, you look just like him. So we dressed up and we went and won the $500. Or I, oh, wow. I, don't know if we, I think I got 250. I had to split it with him or something. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, I was the driving force, but we won, we won that. And so, and then in the band, they said, well, well, why don't you just try to sing one song? Uh, you know, why didn't you just try to sing us? Because I didn't sing in the band at all. And so I sang Soul Man and the crowd went wild. And so <laughs> then it just grew from there to the point that we put together a big band. And the, the, back in 89, I did my first 
big sold out show uh, as a tribute artist. Oh, wow. Now, had you been a fan of the film before this, or did you over time become uh, a big fan of the of the movie? Uh, it, when the movie came out, I was playing in a punk band, so I was uh, kind of a new wave band, so I was kind of a step ahead, because that's where Belushi was headed with uh, after the blues. He was going to go into some, uh, you know, harder stuff like that, some yeah, punk yeah. stuff before he died. <laughs> and uh, so I was already there, so... Um, I was not a huge fan, although I did think Animal House was a monster, you know, show. Oh, yeah, definitely. She, you know, Belushi had Animal House, Saturday Night Live, and the number one record album all the same year, 1978. Isn't that something? Nobody's ever done that before, not even Elvis Presley did that. He was on top of the world. And he was. Then he wasn't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had a previous guest on our uh, show, Edward Meyer, and he, uh, for 30-some years, was the vice president in, in charge of uh, Ripley's Entertainment and the Ripley's, believe it or not, Museum uh, Oddities. And, yeah. And uh, he is a uh, absolute an absolute fan of the blues and actually traveled the Mississippi Blues Trail, uh, got to look at uh, Robert Johnson's gravesite and uh, of course, he thought New Orleans was f- fabulous when it came to the blues. And so it, it, it's... Well, a- I guess what... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I guess what you don't know is I know Ed Meyer. He gave me... He came to Universal Studios uh, and gave me an award for singing Soul Man more than any other living uh, performance artist. Oh, wow. <laughs> Small world. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> and. And that was the second golden ticket that I had gotten from uh, from Ripley's, believe it or not. Oh, that so, is awesome. Uh, it was, yeah. It, it was, I, he's retired. Well, he's up in North Carolina or somewhere now, right? No, he's in, actually, he's in Florida in the Orlando area, and he just came out with a book about the blues. Not a, uh, oh. Two books, actually. One of them, uh, Buying the Bazaar, which uh, showed how he collected tens of thousands of uh, oddities for the Ripley's museums. But uh, then a massive uh, five, I think 500 page uh, book about, uh, about the blues. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get on Amazon and buy those as soon as we get off the phone here. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Gary, maybe you can spot his blues book and we can, uh, uh, give that title out. It should be oh, over there in the bookcase. So this will be a while. We got a small uh, library over here. Okay, but uh, so the blues—that's uh, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And uh, <laughs> what's your stage name there uh, for the blues? Uh, Professor Perse- Professor Slim King is the the one uh, I use when I'm doing something that's magically oriented. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got I had you know the kind of uh, occupation where you, you know, you work, you do a show for an hour uh, here and there. And so I had a lot of spare time and I was uh, interested in magic when I was a child. And then when I got older, I, uh, mysteries got me like we live up in the Northwest where there's Sasquatch and flying saucers. So mysteries and magic were big in my mind. And, and then I got into what they call mental magic. Mm-hmm. You know, causing an illusion in your mind, the theater of the mind. And uh, I developed a system of doing magic over the radio. And I received several big awards, the Merlin Award, the Houdini Award, for 
being out on the cusp of magic, doing magic over the radio. Of course, when the internet came in, I mean, I was doing magic on, you know, all different kinds of uh, venues and ways to, you know, use of the internet, uh, just like you would use the radio. So that it blew up, and a lot of guys are doing it now. But I was like the first guy to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and David Copperfield uh, actually purchased one of my mental illusions, and he performs it every night, twice a night, in his shows. Really, <laughs> that's quite yeah. the honor, isn't that it? Is. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's something. That's to awesome. Brag about now right. when you when you're doing all of uh, this, uh, the, the mentalism. Um, are, are you um, developing your techniques off of people who came before you, or are you just creatively just imagining these new routines that you're incorporating with your act? I use, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that did <clears throat> things. I think immediately, you know, card guys were doing uh, card tricks. They were mailing each other mail back and forth right. and doing card tricks over the mail. Oh, and wow. stuff like that. So there were there were people doing magic remotely uh, mm-hmm. before me. So uh, I don't know if there was anyone who actually did it like I did, because I put four or five magic tricks together, put them in a what I call a hoodoo box, and I mailed them uh, to different people, and then I would do I would do uh, magic over their podcast or their radio station or whatever. Uh, I've done it on Coast to Coast with uh, George Norrie. And uh, I did it with uh, some guys that Charlie got me hooked up with. Charlie Carlson got me hooked up with. And I did it on their radio shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I was the first to really step out and do it for millions of people at a time on the radio. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, the uh, book by Ed, uh, Edward Meyer is A Man and the Blues, A Love Story. A man in the blues, a love story. And I mean, he went into Muddy Waters. He went into Robert Johnson. He he really uh, went deeply into uh, discovering the Mississippi Blues Trail, which is, you know, the iconic uh, place to visit if you're really into the blues. So who knows? uh, Maybe uh, in one of your uh, little uh, vacations away from home, uh, you'll be heading out on the blues trail yourself. Uh, well, I, ha- I have a wealthy brother who flew down, and we did something very similar. We went up through all uh, the crossroads and all that area. We spent uh, a week or two running around up through there. Oh, so I'll, cool. I'll check out the book and see how similar his trail is to my trail. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Well, we'd like to also hear a little bit more about um, what you do in the world of mentalism. In mentalism, uh, well, I always wanted to know about real magic. I think I got in, involved in magic because is there any such thing as real magic? Mm-hmm. Good uh, question. And, um, and that spurred me on. And, and so I found a few things that I consider, uh, to me, magic is just a place where science hasn't really caught up to it. It's normal. Uh, but it's considered paranormal because science hasn't made the connection yet. Mm-hmm. So that's what paranormal is. Charlie Carlson used to say, "What if it's not abnormal, it's not normal, then it's paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> I think he used to say that all the time. How's it going? Sunk in. And, uh, so uh, I started trying to find some things like that. And uh, I've had an experience 
like that, a personal experience. Plus, I try to duplicate experience. They, I think these paranormal experiences happen, but I, I have trouble controlling them, making them happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they happen. I'm positive they happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the common thinking is that all of us, all of us have some kind of psychic ability, some more so than others. Yeah, you know, my theory on that is, you know, way back, uh, you know, what, you know, men have been running around on this planet for hundreds of thousands of years, but it, it was just until the last 50,000 years or so that men developed language and, uh, you know, writing and language skills. And I think before that, that men communicated more telepathically, intuitively than they do now. And that as people began to group together, that they wanted more um, uh, privacy. And so they began to they began to communicate with language and not so much a mental communication. And that so that this telepathy and things that we talk about now are actually things a throwback to things that we used to do before that we have lost now. Mm-hmm. They're all, it's a lost art. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my viewpoint on this. Yeah, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, yeah, That's, we lost it. Yeah. Some people every now and then tap into it and like, whoa, look at this, it's something new. But yeah. no, it's really something really old. Yeah, well, I mean, when you talk about like twins, um, twins have a uh, unspoken bond and can feel and mm-hmm. express to each other without even speaking. Uh, I know my grandfather was a twin and when his, uh, his brother passed away in World War II, he was... Uh, all the way in Mississippi, and his brother was uh, on the beaches of Normandy. Uh, but he knew what had happened, and he was convinced that his brother had passed. And within a few days, uh, there was a letter from the Army that said that uh, something had happened to him. But he knew before anybody else said anything, he already knew. Yeah, when you get him to quantum physics and <laughs> some of the things, then you go clear to the utmost scientific extreme, then there's possibly an answer there. Oh, sure. You know, mm-hmm. just science needs to catch up to what's going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you've alluded to something that might uh, turn out to be an incredible story. Uh, you want to flesh that out a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, I have a story, uh, you know, and you have incredible stories. And I go, man, I would love to tell this story. Uh, when my son, he had a good friend and I think he's maybe five years old or six years old or something in daycare. And his friend was moving away. So we decided that we would go to the Winter Park Community Playground and meet for one last time so the kids could play. So my wife uh, took him there, and uh, I drove my old uh, beat-up truck uh, um, that my uncle had left us, and we were trying to keep it in the family as long as we could before it finally fell apart. And so I was driving my old truck, and so I met him after work, and we were there, and uh, the other... uh, child and his parents hadn't showed up yet so we're waiting and all of a sudden this big thunderstorm comes in like normal at five o'clock in florida and so we got under the the thing and there were just these you know over a dozen kids running around and then some ladies there and and i i was just thinking to myself why didn't they just go home you know you know no idea how long it's gonna rain and then one lady somebody said something and i and over her and she says oh we locked our keys in the van we can't get in the van to leave. Hmm. And I'll tell you, Richard, Gary, something came over me. I don't know exactly how to explain it. It's like I was 
it wasn't like I was hypnotized or I've never been hypnotized, but maybe it was. I, I just, something came over me and I was, I had the ultimate impulse, an irresistible impulse. And I walked up to one of the ladies and I said, can I try my key in your van? I didn't even know where their van was, what, what it was, nothing about it. Right. Can I try my key? And I was shocked that I even did that. And the lady looked at me and she goes, sure. And she points out their van and I walked over and I pulled the keys out of my pocket. I pulled it in and I turned it and that thing popped up oh and the gosh. door unlocked right oh. in front of my eyes. What? And I looked at the lady and my eyes were wide open and her lady, her eyes were wider than mine. And the, the kids, I don't know if you ever seen that movie, kindergarten cops. Were oh yeah. Nuts. The kids, the kids were going wild. Yeah, we get to go home. <laughs> and, and they all piled into the van and took off. And, <laughs> The odds, the coincidental odds of that happening yeah. are incredible. Thousands and thousands to one. <laughs> yeah. That your key unno- would fit an unknowing vehicle. Or, you know, it's a weird, I've never went up and asked to unlock somebody's car before or since. Yeah. And I've only been to that park one time. We're going to go back today. That's, and I got a little electric boat for Christmas. But uh-huh. I don't, um, you know, it's just, incredible to me that that even happened yeah that is an incredible story it is yeah 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 and this uh this uh story similar story that i have is not as incredible as this one uh, but um somewhat similar um our friend bob weatherwax the owner and trainer of lassie uh he had a situation where he locked the keys in his van and it happened that his current lassie dog was inside the van but the dog was trained to be able to open the door so the dog actually (laughs) unlocked the door for him so he could get back in his van (laughs) that is awesome you know why you know why that's incredible because i just got back from uh puerto uh puerto rico and in san juan my brother uh i was out there with him and he was telling me they had a, a border collie and that those were the smartest dogs in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That those dogs, that there was one that could pick between a thousand different items. And the guy would say whatever item is, and it would go get it. A thousand mm-hmm. items. Yeah, I and, saw something about that recently, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I'm ready to go buy one. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready to, like, hey, you know, <laughs> I've only got, you know, 10, 20 years left. Maybe I could go, me and a dog could go out together. There you, you know, go. I could teach him all my secrets. Well, not only that, but uh, think of the possibilities. Uh, you could end up with a uh, stage animal performing with you. Oh, there you go. I never thought of that. Yeah. Did you know the government has gotten so bad that you have to register your rabbit? Oh, no. Really? If you pull a rabbit out of a hat, you have to have a special register with the government <laughs> to have that rabbit. <laughs> oh, man. As you can tell. I'm not a big fan of the government. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you start registering rabbits, yeah. I mean, come on. But I can see, I can see the potential. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, Professor you know what, Slim King and whatever the dog's yeah. name is. Yeah, I mean, wow. there are connections like that. I mean, you, you know, when you when you're talking about that, we were talking about how you know there's these unseen connections between people, but there's also those unseen connections between people and animals too. Yeah, you know, yeah. so who knows what you'd be able yeah. to do? And uh, of course. Uh, Bob's uh, father, Rudd, he was the original owner and trainer of Lassie. And what he did uh, when uh, he was uh, going on tour with Lassie, he had made sure that the folks put in his contract that he could visit a children's hospital at some point 
you know, in the vicinity where they were uh-huh. appearing. And he would take Lassie into those children's hospitals and make all the difference in the world for the children. <clears throat> and, um, you know, uh, Bob said, why do you do this? It's so hard on you when you see uh, the desperate shape some of these kids are in. Some of them were alive when they walked in the hospital, saw Lassie, and passed away before they, uh, you know, Bob and Rudd left the hospital. And Why, why do you do this, uh, Dad? Uh, it's, it's pretty hard on you. And, and Rudd said, it's my church. I do it. Wow. I do it, uh, you know, to pay back uh, for what I've gotten. It's my church. That's a wonderful story. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think you got some potential there. You need to maybe think about that. <laughs> Can I train one in a few months before the night of the parable? <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> there you go. All things are possible. Well, uh, listen, uh, we've really enjoyed talking to you. Did you want to share any contact information for people who might want to get in touch with you? Uh, you can, if uh, you're interested, uh, the Blues Brothers uh, tribute, uh, the Leesburg Blues Brothers tribute is on Facebook. Okay. And uh, I'm not much of, I don't have any, uh, uh, I don't have any really presence on the internet. Because uh, mm-hmm. I like to do podcasts where I'm totally unbiased that I'm not selling a book or I'm not doing anything. But right. if you'd want to hire the Blues Brothers for something like that, uh, we do private parties, we do birthday parties, we do huge events with like forty thousand people. Where we're, we just try to tailor it to whatever you want, mm-hmm. and uh, so you can contact us there. And uh, my partner he handles that thing, and he'll get a hold of me. Wow, Fantastic! There you go. There you go. So Gary, the Blues Brothers Plus today That's on right. our on our show. I tell you, it doesn't get much better than that. No, thanks so much, Professor Slim yes, King, thank for you. being with us tonight. I loved it. <laughs> we did too. All right, guys, we appreciate you tuning in for this episode, and we hope that you will join us again next time for our next incredible story. Until next time, I'm Gary, and I'm Richard. We'll see you then. <laughs>